3: This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening The Theory of Everything, Wild, Awake, Selma, a special screening of Casablanca on Valentine's Day, and more. On February 13th and 14th, the E-Bar presents The Cock Whisperer, a love story. And on February 25th, Governor General's Award winner Michael Harris is at Lakeside Hope House to read from and discuss his new book, The End of Absence. The Bookshelf is an independently-owned culture hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. For more information about their hours, listings, blogs, and accessibility, please visit bookshelf.ca.
0: The movement is a rhythm to us. Freedom is like religion to us. Creative Control with Vish Khanna.
3: I'm not the uh, official record keeper of this show. I don't I don't exactly know who is. I think it might be that it might be Mike Mike in New Brunswick who keeps track of things on the show. I think though that this is likely the shortest episode ever of the show. And I'll tell you why you know I've, we've talked about this before. sometimes there is like a third party that is organizing the interview between myself and the guest and that third party might have some rules. And I think during one of the episodes recently, I said... Who was it with? With Ronnie Spector. I said I would never do that again. Well, I did it again. And that's fine. I mean, sometimes people have work to do, and they've got to arrange things, and some bands are bigger than others, and they're busy. They can't have them jaw into every clown with a microphone. I don't know if I'm a clown with a microphone. But anyway, that being said, I present to you a short but insightful interview with Janet Weiss of Sleater-Kinney, one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. Sleater-Kinney are back, and they're playing shows. They have a new album, No Cities to Love. All of this happened very suddenly, and that's a good chunk of what we end up talking about. So this is myself and Janet Weiss of Sleater-Kinney, and you can hear a new song by Sleater-Kinney towards the end of the interview, which is coming up soon. So uh, stay tuned for that. And what else do I want to tell you? Oh, Long Winter, Long Night. I'm doing my talk show again on uh, Friday night at the uh, Great Hall in Toronto, corner of Queen and Dovercourt. We're doing the Long Winter Fair, the most ambitious Long Winter ever. Four venues and Long Night. My talk show will be at the Great Hall, as usual. My guests on Friday are Jesse Brown of Canada Land. Uh, Who else is on? Susan Fast, the author of a new book about Michael Jackson's Dangerous. Comedian David Hetty And musician Lisa Conway That's all starting around 8.30pm at the Great Hall So if you like Long Night and me Presumably you do Come to Toronto and see that show Alright, there I extended the intro So now the episode seems a little heartier Doesn't it? This is Janet Weiss and myself talking about Kinney and other stuff This episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero, the finest pizzeria in all of Guelph, Ontario. They've got delicious gourmet pizzas or choose from an array of fresh ingredients and make whatever you like. Calzones, wings, panzerottis, salads, breadsticks, garlic bread. Pizza Trocadero has it all. You can find them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph or visit them online at trocaderoguelph.ca. That's T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O-G-U-E-L-P-H.ca. Call them at 519-829-2444 for pickup or delivery. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. Weiss is a tremendously powerful drummer based in Portland, Oregon. Weiss is originally from California and over the past 20 years has played in notable bands like Quasi, Stephen Malcolmus and the Jicks, Wild Flag and Drumgasm, among others. And she has an administrative behind-the-scenes position on the IFC show Portlandia. She is most celebrated, however, for her essential role as the drummer in one of the world's greatest rock and roll bands, Slater Kinney. After going on an indefinite hiatus in 2006, Slater Kinney shocked fans by slyly maybe sneakily even, announcing a new album via a new box set towards the end of 2014. That album is the critically acclaimed No Cities to Love. It's out now on Sub Pop and the band tours behind it beginning February 8th, including a Toronto stop on March 2nd. Here to discuss some of these things is Janet Weiss of Slater Kinney. Hi, Janet. How are you?
2: Hi, I'm good. I love my long intro. I know. It the extent- that was the extended intro.
3: It was. I thought since we only had 15 minutes to chat, I should make the intro <laughs> as long as possible. That's my new strategy.
2: <laughs> that, that would be great if the whole 15 minutes was just the intro. It almost
3: felt like it, didn't it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you. Good night.
3: <laughs> now, the new. I'm
2: the, I'm the third of three daughters. I was born in Hollywood, California. <laughs> you're
3: wasting our time. You're wasting our time even further. I have, a, I have to get to some stuff here. And no, you're right. I'm sorry. I, as soon as I, we'll, we'll see what we can get done here. Now, the new music promotional framework tends to involve a lot of secrecy and surprise uh, these days, sudden album releases. But I think that you guys and Slater Kenny may have trumped everyone. Where did the idea of putting a secret message in a box set come from?
2: uh that came from uh Tony Kewell, who who uh who is our guy at Sub Pop Records he is he is one of the head honchos and he had that great idea of um he really was trying to figure out a way to have the have the fans like the real fans um hear the music sort of um, in a way that allowed for them sort of to discover it like um you know un- unearthing something uh that they didn't know was was there and the element of i think surprise and mystery i think was um you know very important to the idea but mostly it was like a way to just speak right to the fans with no middleman um they didn't have to read it online or you know uh they didn't need it in, in, in some sort of you know, Pitchfork or some news agency to tell them it was happening. Yeah, they actually got to they actually got to find out for themselves first. Um, and it's just for us, you know, our relationship with our fans has always been so paramount that it just seemed perfect. You know, such a great idea. So, and
3: and were you happy? Gotta, gotta
2: give. Go ahead. Happy? No, you go ahead.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just going to say, <laughs> were you happy with the response?
2: Oh yeah, it was amazing. That was one of the more fun weekends. I've had in the last few years was just sort of watching that unfold and people were you know were so excited but also like unsure what it was like is it an old song is it a new song you know is it off the woods outtakes like what is this thing and I think you know in, in, in today's world um, there are a lot of things you, f- you find out very quickly information is, is past um, very quickly you're not left to sort of wonder on your own very much about stuff <laughs> so yeah. I think that um, the idea of people creating a scenario you know on their own um, was really really compelling
3: uh, you bring up the, 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 the fact that people wondered if this might be some outtake from the woods it begs the question are, are any of the songs on the new record kind of holdovers from that period? No. no it's all new no. stuff
2: Yeah, it's all it's all new. Okay, would be a long that would be a long holdover.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes these things happen, right? You start working on stuff, and then the band dissipates.
2: Yeah, that we never really held over stuff. I I know there are a lot of writers, and um, you know there are a lot of musicians who call from their older work. uh, You're like, oh, I found a song from five years ago. It's you know, I never recorded. We we never really did that. We would pretty much write. Um, we would write fresh every time for a new record
3: okay I once saw Quasi play in Chicago at the Touch and Go 25th anniversary party in 2006 uh huh do you have any it was raining it was raining it was really raining actually yeah that's your primary memory of that show and that weekend
2: yes it was raining that's what I remember (laughs) I think we covered an ACDC song for the one uh it's a it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll as like kind of a funny commentary on just a ten-year anniversary or it was twenty anniversary, twenty-year anniversary.
3: Was it twenty or twenty-five? Um, I thought it was twenty-five.
2: Twenty-five. I can't. I can't remember exactly the number, but yeah, um, I do remember those two things about that show. It was in a parking lot. I remember that.
3: That's one of my favorite ACDC songs. I don't remember that. I, I have to. I'm have to go through my what <laughs> my memory banks. I guess I, I don't remember that. Anyway, we were
2: supposed. We were supposed to cover it. We had practiced it. Maybe we didn't end up covering it, but yeah, I think we did. <laughs> had, Sl- had
3: Slater Kenny stopped functioning by that point?
2: Wait, when was that?
3: So, I believe it was September 2006.
2: No, I think we were still we still had shows and we I can't remember when those last shows were, but they were in 2006. Yeah. So maybe. I don't like you really you really challenging my
3: yeah, your memory my banks. Not,
2: my not so young brain right now.
3: Well, I only wanted if, to go back to that period to wonder to ask you if the band felt like it was struggling at that point. Obviously, it stopped, but in, from your perspective, was the band in a uh, at, towards the end was it a, struggling to function?
2: Uh, I think the touring was was really becoming very difficult physically and menti- mentally mm-hmm. on us. Um, it was a long, you know, a ten year stretch of pretty much straight. Writing, record, it was like a cycle. You know, you write, you record, you tour. You write, you record, tour. And it just was that for 10 years. Um, Many of us have
1: those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey.
2: Artistically, I don't think we were struggling. I think the woods was, you know, definitely a artistic accomplishment for us. Um, so in that way, it felt, um, you know, there was no, there was no feeling like the material was suffering. But I think just the stress of touring so much um, and having the cycle kind of bearing down on us all the time just became too much, where we just, you know, realized, oh, we don't, we don't have to continue this. Um, In this way, yeah, and without even really, you know, without a a concrete plan as to what would happen, we just, you know, we're we're taking a break. I think
3: that I think this there's this idea of interpersonal chemistry and how, and I think that can make great bands really, really great. And you've played in a lot of different bands. Do you believe in this notion of of chemistry? I do, absolutely. You do. And do yeah. you, and you feel like you're aware that something special happens when Slater-Kinney convenes.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's not even, I don't know why. It's not um, anything I could explain, but it is very palpable and uh, that it exists. It's almost like the thing is, like, bigger than us, you know, and we're just sort of, dra- it's like pulling us in. You know, we get sort of caught up in it, and uh, we need to, like, keep up. Um. so yeah I mean I I'm very aware I mean we you know we spend a lot of time the three of us like in a tiny little airless basement room working on the songs and um, you know it's it's intense it's not like it's not you know a lot of people think being in a band like oh it's so fun are you having such a great time and I like I'm having a great time in the way that it's like a real achievement and we're pushing ourselves and we're really focused on, on, on creating something vital, you know? Yeah. The idea of it being like super fun is not like at the top of my requirements list. I mean, of course it's fun at times, you know, but a lot of times it's, you know, it's serious. We're like, we're serious together and we're, um, you know, we're trying to like get to something and kind of being, uh, you know, unsatisfied if we're, if we're not there yet. So we, we keep pushing
3: you've worked with Carrie quite a bit since the hiatus was announced did that impact whether or not you actually missed being in Slater-Kinney do you know what I mean I mean if you're with the person from yeah
2: yeah well no because it's Slater-Kinney is very different from anything else we would do together I mean I think I um, obviously I appreciate what she brings to the table when it comes to music and otherwise you know she's um her energy is something that i um i, I really th- kind of thrive off as a drummer uh her sort of fr- frenetic and uh aggressive um impatient you know her just her she's so like vibrant you know kind of full of life and it sort of it goes well with my um with how i work Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's It's different Kinney is different, and when you throw Corin in there Um, you know, it's n- not like Anything else, it's Um, the, the two of Carrying Corin together to me are like You know it's, it, I said it before They're like some weird twins or something Like they're, just, they're soulmates in a way When it comes to music right. Um, and it's you know that's very very rare and incredibly valuable in in my mind.
3: Now as far as we can tell the last time you might have played together live or or whatever was around 2006. Can you describe the scene when when the three of you first got back together to play music for this sort of incarnation? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, we were in a basement, just Corin's basement like as usual, we always end up in someone's basement. Um we were rusty. <laughs> we played some old songs, you know, and just, I guess I realized, like, how much physicality these songs require um, in chord singing, you know, in, in the playing, in, in my playing. Um, you cannot take this band lightly. Mm-hmm. You can't be in it and take it lightly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it took us a little, you know, it took us, we had to, we had to brush the dust off Um, but you know it it felt it felt promising I think there was no at that time when we first got together we didn't have a concrete plan and we just were going to see what happened so there wasn't like a ton of pressure you know we just kind of started messing around
3: and when so when was this
2: 2012, I think.
3: Okay, so it's been because everyone's like eight years. It's been eight years, but really, it's been you. You got back together and started hashing things out a couple years ago.
2: Yeah, well, it's been ten. It's been ten years since the woods came out. Right. Um. But yeah, 2012.
3: Right. Okay. We got,
2: to, we got together.
3: Yeah. All right. So I, I know we have to wrap this up, and I'm sad about that. So <laughs> I just, I guess, what I'll say, I'm genuinely sad. Can you hear it in my voice? I feel. <laughs>
2: I'm sad too I'm
3: a little sad Because I've been enjoying The conversation There's so much more I wanted to talk to you about But I guess very simply um, I have a what's next question And I know that maybe You're keeping these things Close to the vest Because it seems to be An element of surprise And everything the band's Doing right now But maybe I'm reading well, we're, Too much we're into
2: getting this ready, We're getting ready To go on tour That's what's next
3: That's the next thing
2: we leave, Yeah we leave for tour A week from Sunday And we have a lot Of rehearsing to do And um, you know Get the, get the machine uh, Tuned up and and that's next. I mean that's that's pretty much it. Tour that's, is you know, we, we love touring and we're gonna be really excited to play these songs live. We haven't yet. Um and and we're we're thrilled to be heading out.
3: I feel like there's more surprises. I can tell in your voice there's something else coming.
2: <laughs> uh well I'll give you a hint it involves clowns.
3: Clowns? Oh my god, I'm gonna have nightmares about this <laughs> surprise. All right. That's uh, that's interesting. <laughs> Clowns. We'll keep an eye out for that. <laughs> Once again, no cities to love is out now on Sub Pop, and the band tours the world behind it, beginning February eighth, including a Toronto stop at the Sound Academy on March second. Uh, for more information, please visit subpop dot com and uh, SlaterKinney dot com. Slater dash There's dot com. Is it dash?
2: Um. Oh gosh! Don't ask me. No, I'm telling you. Me, I'm sorry. It wasn't even a
3: question. It was more of a, <laughs> it I'm telling... a.
2: It might be an underscore, but I actually can't remember.
3: It's a dash. Let's You'll say
2: it's... Find it. <laughs> just find g- it.
3: Google it. Now, is there a song from the record we can play right now, Janet? That uh, you would recommend?
2: Uh, I would recommend. What about the song called Circus M V?
3: Now, why did that come to mind?
2: Because I like it.
3: Do you like playing it? Or is it something that's been going well in your practicing?
2: Uh, both. I think they've all actually been going well. So I just.
3: Pick the first one. Okay, all right, that's fair. I'm sorry to grill you on your song choice. This is (laughs) this is Surface Envy off the Newsleader Kitty record. What
2: song? Why? Why did
3: you pick it? I wasn't really questioning you that hard. I just wanted it. It's it's insightful. All right, Surface Envy. It is Janet Weiss. It's a real pleasure to get to speak with you, and I, I thank you for your time.
2: All right. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Bye.